you can turn to the gospel according to Luke, seventh chapter, looking at verses 11 to the seventeenth verse. The gospel according to Luke, seventh chapter, verses 11 to the seventeenth verse. I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation. This gospel according to Luke, counting of our Lord and our Savior in the great miracles and works that he has done. If you have a say, amen. If you don't have it, say, hold on. All right, let us journey together. Uh, reading from verse 11 to the 17th verse, the New Living Translation says, Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. If you can help me announce this to your neighbors, say, On my way out, I found hope. If you can look to the other side and give them a nudge if they have fallen asleep, just gently wake them up and just say, On my way out. I found hope. Life is full of ups and downs, just like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and sometimes you might even be upside down, topsy-turvy, just feeling all out of yourself. But one thing about a roller coaster, if it's just like life, it will bring you back to where you started. And so if a roller coaster is like life, then you need to understand that once the, the ride is done, guess what? You're back on the ground. And when you get your feet back on the ground, you might be better from that experience. No, if I've gone through it and I made it, guess what? I can do it again. If we see here that life catches us sometimes by surprise, sometimes you might go to a roller coaster park and the roller coaster is in pitch dark. It's an indoor roller coaster. Some of y'all might be familiar with Space Mountain. You get in it's dark. You don't know what's going on. You just see lights going past you. And next thing you know, you, you take off, you go down, you go up. You go sideways. You go upside down. You say, ooh, I made it. Then you go upside down again. You say, wait a minute. Then they take you sideways. And then you land. You come down. You're like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Or maybe you got on another ride like the, the Incredible Hulk. It'll go from zero to 60 miles per hour in three seconds. And you don't start upright. You start spinning as soon as you go out. And I went through that roller coaster. I closed my eyes because I said, I don't think I'm going to make it through this roller coaster. But I made it through. Life is the same way that you might be headed somewhere, and they say, you know, you go up, and you might go down. 
You might be upside down, topsy-turvy, feeling confused, feeling despair, feeling left out. But I'm here to encourage you, though, that even if you're on your way out, you can still find hope. In our text, we see a mother, now a widow and now without a child. She's on her way out. Do you see that in the text? She's walking out the gate. And it says here that there's a a sufficient crowd with her, which suggests that the city understands now that this mother, who now has nothing to help her, but the community, they are there to support her. We're seeing here that it mentions us, not, not only does she lose her only son, but yet she's a widow. Have you ever had troubles in your life? That a mother, now a wife, a wife can expect to lose her husband, but how, des- how, how devastating it is to bury your own child. I didn't didn't think I caught everybody. Let me say this again. How devastating it is to bury your own child. When you get married, you you expect growing and living and dying with each other. You expect that, but you expect your children to go on. But now she already knew she's going to lose her husband. Now, she, she could handle that, but now she lost her only son. That was her only hope. He would have been the head of the household. He would have been the man. He would have been the one that wouldn't be able to get gainful living. But now she is by herself. Nowhere in the text does it say that she had a kinsman redeemer, someone who can step in and help pay her debts and make sure she had adequate living. No, the the Bible suggests now that she would be living on welfare. She'd be subject to the community's assistance to make sure that she would have food to eat, that she would have clothes to wear. And you see the love of the community as they are walking. Walking out the city gates with her for the final resting place of her child. She has grief upon grief. Is that somebody else's story? That once one calamity came, another one came. And you're like, I I could handle this one, but now why this one? Some of us, some of us in our lives have things that we'll let God have, but other things say, Lord, don't touch this one. You know, say, Lord, you can take this, but please don't touch my baby. That, that, that's my baby. That's my life. I, I, I love this child. Don't, don't touch it. But look what happened here. She lost her husband, but she was all right because she still had her joy. In this history, in this context, a, a wife to have a male son, especially for the firstborn. Oh, that was a favor by God, that her womb was not dead, but she was able to have a child. So she has this child that's able to hold on, but now he's gone. Sometimes in our lives, if it's not one, it's two. Murphy's Law, if something can go bad, it will. We've been down this road before, traveling in life situations that sometimes you're up, but more oftentimes you're up, you also will be down. And when we're down, sometimes we're down so low it's hard to get back up. This mother is weeping. She's mourning. She's wailing to seek in some kind of comfort, seek in some source of, of some kind of rest, some reprieve to give her a break. For she's a widow. Now she lost her only son. Do you can I highlight that for a moment? Her only son. It did not say she had a daughter or a daughter-in-law. It said her only son. That means she was all by herself. Oh, isn't it sad to be by yourself? 
The Bible tells us is two are better than one. For if one falls down and has the other to pick it up. For two can lay down and keep each other warm. <laughs> but one by themselves are open for many trouble. But yet if we realize here, looking at this situation, this widow is not by herself, but she's with a sufficient crowd. So it suggests not the whole city came out, but a good portion of the city came out. But as she was going out, something was coming in. It is Jesus with his disciples, and it says a large crowd. She is on her way out, a funeral procession is on its way out the city gates to go to the burial ground. How many here have been in a burial procession before? You've been in your cars, you had your lights on, and you know how long the line can be, and you know how you go through those traffic lights, and you don't want nobody in your way? So the, so the police help out to stop the traffic so you can go on your way? Well, what happened here was traffic was coming their way to stop them from going to where they wanted to go. We know when we're in a funeral, we don't want to be around that dead body that much longer. We're trying to move on as quick as possible, out of sight, out of mind. It's, it's so hard to have the grievance of you looking at the loved one that you love who is now gone in a lifeless corpse. And you just looking at it, it brings all that pain and all that suffering because you're looking and you remember the fond memories. And so they're on their way to put the body to rest. But yet Jesus can see her. And he says something to her. What does he say? He says, do not. We. I want you to picture this real quick here. The mother's in front of the procession. Tradition has it that the family will be in front of the burial. So he sees her first and he encourages her, do not weep, which also suggests that a change is going to come. Y'all catch that? He says, do not weep for a change is going to come. We, we know it so well, right? Weeping may endure, for even if a joy comes... In the morning, we, we, we read it in Revelation, right? He will wipe the tears away from your eyes. That means when there's no more mourning, there's no more crying, that means something else is going to take place. So you can weep, you can mourn, but the, my Bible tells me, reminds me, if you read your Bible, it says the same thing. It says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. She's mourning right now. She's hurt right now. Looking, seeking some comfort. And she hears some words of comfort. He says, do not weep. But what's the problem you need to look at? She's still weeping. She's weeping because her son is dead. But he tells her, do not weep. And her son is still dead. Can I stick a pen to that for a moment? I want to tell you something real quick. Just because you don't see something happening doesn't mean God's not going to do it. See, I, I, I know how we react, that we have to see it in order to believe it. But all we have to do is just really, if we know God, all we got to do is wait to receive it. God tells her, do not weep, means that she has anticipation of something good to come. We, we have anticipation all kinds of times. We have anticipation when you go to the drive-thru. You make your order. They tell you, pull up to the next window. You pay, your, you pay for your food before you get your food. You have anticipation that you're going to get what you asked for. Come on, somebody. You go to a pop machine. You anticipate to get your pop. You put the money in. The pop comes out. We have a lot of things we anticipate, but there's a God that owns a cattle in a thousand years. There's a God that created everything. There's a God that can speak and it can be done. And all he's telling you, will you believe what I say? 
And God simply says, do not weep. And then he points out, he touches the briar. He touches the coffin. I want you to catch this, that when you touch anything undead, you become unclean. When you touch anything dead, you become ceremonially unclean. Jesus did not fear becoming unclean because Jesus is life. And he is a life-giving spirit. (laughs) And so when he touched what was dead, it was no longer dead. But it became life. I wish I had a few more people in this place. You see, when you're down and out, all you got to do is look to the one who can change your circumstances. Things in your life may look dead and may look lifeless and have no value, but when you let the master put his blessing upon it, it's amazing. Once once was dead, now comes to life. Her life was gone. Her life was empty. She's on her way to bury her son. The community is ready to embrace her and to support her and be there for her. And on their way out, there stood a man in the middle of the road and telling her to do not weep. And look what else he did. He touched the coffin and he stopped the procession. He stopped the procession. The bearer stopped when he touched it. He said, wait a minute, this, something's happening here. And then he spoke to the dead boy. Y'all, y'all see that? He said he spoke to the dead man. Y'all see that, right? He was dead, and he spoke to him. I'm going to say it again. Cast it, cast it. He was dead, and he spoke to him. I want you to grab here that nothing is out of reach for God. I I don't know what you're dealing with, but I can't encourage you this, that it's not too hard for God. I, I, I know you look at your bank account, you look at your household, you look at your relationships, you look at your children, and you know that you reach your limits. You know you've done it all that you can do, but have you tried God? Because when you see how big and great God is, you see how small your problems are, how small your situations are, and you realize that God can just simply speak and change what happens. And look what he says to the young boy. (laughs) Get up and arise. Do you see that in the text? We see here that God can speak and the dead listen. Do you know that? Because the Bible tells us that in the twinkling of an eye, The last trumpet will sound. He will be on the cloud and the dead will rise. And those who are already there will be changed and be called up with him. I'm going to highlight again. Why does a trumpet sound? I think it's going to wake you up. Jesus spoke to the dead man and woke him up and said, arise. And he said, the boy started speaking. And he gave him back to his mother. What does that point out to us? Just like a roller coaster, the roller coaster will take you up and down and through and upside down, but it will restore you back where you started. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus restored the lost son back with the mother. 
Can, am I helping somebody this morning? Huh? What I'm trying to point out that what you think might be lost, God can restore. What you think is, un, is, is, is broken and unfixable, God can restore. Do you understand that while you, we were still sinners, he died to reconcile us, to restore us, to bring us back to him because he wants to be with us, not just for a little while, not just for a minute, not just during the duration of the movie, not just for the duration of the party, not for the duration of the dinner, but forever. Forever, forever, there's no time limit because time, he, God does not know time. We know time because we're limited, but God is unlimited. He wants to spend time with us forever. And look here, look here. He did all that so we can be with him. He's in the restoring, tell you that, he's in the restoring business. We see here that just as Jesus was able to Give life to what was dead to restore it back to where it was. What can he do in your life? Come on, somebody. I, I, I know, I know, I know we face so much in our lives that some of us, some of us have dealt with hardships in our jobs, hardship in our relationships, hardships at school, financial hardships, stressed out, out of our minds, about to lose all control, and we don't know how we're going to make it. But I'm here to let you know that no matter where you go, Christ is willing to meet you where you are. Y'all, do y'all see that in the text? She's on her way out. But Christ was right there to meet her. Where? In the middle of the road. There's something about this middle thing. Something about this middle thing to mean to be in between. She was in between her son and his burial grave. But who was between her and that burial grave? Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus can meet you right there? Right when you're about to give up, right when you're in despair, that he can give you peace. That transcends all understanding. While you're weeping, while you're wailing, he says, I'll give you joy. Not like the world gives you joy, but I will give you joy that comes from me. He says he'll keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their mind stayed on him. The Bible reminds us, do not be anxious for nothing, but in all things make your requests known unto God with thanksgiving. And the God, will, the God of all will give you peace that transcends all understanding. Guarding your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. If we need some more help, we know Psalm 20 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What I'm trying to point out, that no matter what you're going through, God already knows what you need. So you're not down and out as you think you are, though life makes you think so. But when you have an encounter with Jesus, he can take what looks dead, desolate, lifeless, destroyed, and he can show you I can make a new thing. Look, 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 look at your life. Look at your life. And I want you to realize this, that you have your goals and your desires for your life. And those are great. I'm not going to knock them. Those are great. But yet God's ways are higher than your ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so what you think might be a good end for your life, God says, I have something greater. I have something better. I want you to look at that when you think you're at a dead end and you can't make it, you don't know what to do. I want you to ask, God, am I going in the right direction? Come on, somebody. 
Because if you're going in the right direction, the, my Bible reminds us that the record says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Look, look, she is down and out, but yet even in her down and out, in her despair, in her, her place of mourning, she is being drawing near to God. And Jesus, the Bible says that he had what? Compassion on her. I want to highlight this. I want to highlight this. Did she say, Jesus, heal my baby? Did she say that? No. Did anybody come out to her and say, Lord, can you heal this child? No. But I want to point out this, that for God to move in your life does not require you to always ask him. Come on, somebody. Let me say this again because somebody didn't catch that. For God to move in your life does not always require for you to ask him. God does his will. Come on, somebody. Because even when we're out of our mind, we don't know what to do. God is still working it out on our behalf. Aren't you glad that you, you don't know what tomorrow may hold, but God knows? And he knows what to do to make it able for you? She did not say, Jesus, can you heal my child? Jesus said, I just have compassion on you. Aren't you glad that God knows what you're going through? He sees every tear that falls from you. One in Job, it says that he puts each teardrop in a bottle. Aren't you glad about how God does not waste one tear on you? He knows what you're going through, and he calls on you. God is saying, I see what you are going through, and I'm willing to step in and help you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We serve a comforting God. We see that how Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You see, we are never down and out. Tell your neighbor, we're never down and out. Because there's always hope. Tell them, there's always hope. The hope is this, that Jesus can restore what you think is lost. Jesus can restore what you think is lost. Look what he, he restores the family. Come on, somebody. A, a widow lost her son, but he restores the family. Look here, look here. He restored the community. There's now another man, able-bodied, able to work and provide in the community. Can I drive this home? What would we do if we go out and start restoring young men back into the household? Come on, son. Bye. We will reduce the shooting, we will reduce the crime, because they'll be restored and learn how to have, have an education, how to properly provide, how to be young men, how to wear their pants at their waist level, come on somebody, how to put on a belt or put it on right. And then when the men know how to handle themselves, then they'll know how to treat a young lady, come on somebody. And when they know how to treat a young lady, a young lady knows how to dress in a certain way and make sure she looks good because she knows she don't have to put on something to make somebody look at her, but she just puts on and she just shines from the inside because, you know, well, the good thing that the Lord has put in here will shine. But you see, it happens when we meet Jesus. When you have a God encounter, he can change our directions. Look, look, they're on their way to a burial ground, but now they're going back to a party. My, my Bible doesn't say they went back and have a party, but with my, but my imagination, if I, if I went to a, a funeral and who I thought was dead was alive, I'd be throwing a party. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and the party I would have with my friend. But then they did throw this party. They said fear ripped them, but they started worshiping the Lord. 
They started worshiping the Lord because first they said there must be a great prophet in our midst. And they didn't stop just there because Jesus, he is a, a great prophet. But the Bible tells us that he's Emmanuel, God with us. And look what they said. They said, praise God that he visited us. When you're in the presence of the Lord. When you're in the presence of the Lord. When you are in the presence of the Lord, things change. Things change. Things change. When you're in the presence of the Lord, it says, for the Lord is spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When you're in the presence of the Lord, death becomes life. Jesus, who is life, took what was dead and made life. But cast this, cast this, Jesus became death. So that we can have life. Come on, somebody. And since he died so that we can have life, we ought to have fear and trembling in us. And glorify God and thank, you for, thank him for a mighty prophet and that God visited us. In our lives, we need to see the goodness of our God. And how he was willing to touch us where we need him most. Look, 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 look at this widow. She is at her last hour. She's given up. She lost all that she had. She's weeping. She's mourning because her son is gone. But yet Jesus encountered her. Now the Bible points out to us because John's disciples came to him. Look at verse 22 in Luke, the seventh chapter. John's disciples came to say, are you the one? He says, tell them this, how the blind become to see, the lame begin to walk, and the dead are being risen from the grave. Signs that Jesus is working in your life, you start seeing miracles that you've never seen before. Signs of Jesus working in your life, you see miracles you've never seen. But what are these miracles? The miracles is that you ain't curse somebody out like you were back in the day. Come on, somebody. You see, a change comes into place of you. That's what the miracle of Christ, a change has come. That The work on the inside comes coming out on the outside. We can see a change happening in our lives. Too many times we always want more money, we want more of this. But yet God is not concerned about all this stuff in this world because this world is going to pass away. Tell your neighbor, this world is going to pass away. But yet he cares about you. And since he cares about you, take everything that you have. And put it in his hands. And let God breathe life into it. God will breathe life into your marriages, into your relationships, into your children, into your work. But are you willing to surrender what you have to him? And the other thing is this. That God will move at his pace, not your pace. He will move at his pace, not your pace. So just as you are going through life like a roller coaster. It will, once the roller coaster is done, you found out that I've made it. I'm back to where I started. But I want to hear point this to take you a little bit higher. That when God restores you, he does not take you back to where you started, but he takes you a little bit higher. He'll raise you up a little bit higher. So if you want to go higher, you first got to get low. <laughs> if you want to get high, you first have to get low. I'm going to leave you alone with these three points. Look at this. Look at this. First, yourself had to present yourself dead to Christ. First, yourself had to present yourself dead to Christ. Second, you have to respond to his command. Boy was dead. He was dead, right? 
Then the command came for get up and arise. Will you respond to his command? Third, you need to worship him and glorify him. It's right there in the text. If you're dead to him, he can give you life. You obey his commands, you're doing his will. And when you're doing his will, you're glorifying him. I just want you to grab those simple points. It's, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be deep and trying to, trying to talk over your head, but that's all he calls for us to do is surrender to him. He'll give us life. And he'll give us life more abundantly. We obey his commands. We are being his disciples. Then we have power on our side. And then we glorify him because we were made for his glory. So it's time for you to have an encounter with Jesus. Have you died today? Because daily you need to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after Christ. And there's nothing to fear in death because Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And we've seen that, didn't we, right there? He rose the young boy to life. Submit yourself dead to him. He'll bring you alive. Obey his command. He'll restore you. And then you'll be able to glorify him with your life. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, Lord, we come to you right now, Lord, realizing that you have called us present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto you. And Father, we apologize for how we have become selfish with our lives, that we wanted our careers, we wanted our status to be more important than our glorifying of you. But Father, Lord, we are praying for a repentant heart and a changed mind that, God, we truly forget about ourselves and concentrate on you, God. That we love you, God, with all our heart, with all our might, with all our strength. And then, Lord, we love our neighbors as you love ourselves. And then, Father, we will glorify you. Father, Lord, I pray that someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, they can let go of themselves and be dead to themselves to be alive in you, God. And, Lord, you'll give them life eternally because you died on the cross for our sins and defeated the grave by rising on the third day. And now ascended to the right hand of the Father. We magnify you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 May we stand in the hand of discipleship.